Welcome to BimmerCast number 660. It is March 10th. No, wait, 10th. Where did I get that from? It's the 4th. <laughs> it's the 4th of March. And we are coming, uh, we are coming um, at you with a ton of stuff. We've got, of course, the new M6. We're going to be digging into the details of the M6 and seeing what it it gives us as far as hints for the next M3. We're going to be talking about the M line, the M performance line, which just debuted a couple weeks ago, and talking a little bit about uh, future front-wheel drive partners, perhaps, Saab, um, Triumph. Uh, you know, how do these cars, brands uh, relate to BMW? Um, you know, what what's uh, what's in the future for the front-wheel drive platform? UKL um, outside of the BMW mini brands, and then finally we're gonna we're we're going to follow up Michael's piece on the top five most collectible. It has been uh, a little while, but uh, as always, it's a pleasure to to uh, to do this show. I know you're you're having some internet difficulties. I am as well, but uh, we're managing to hold this together. That out of the way, we've got a we've got a, a lot to talk about. More importantly, we have a very cool looking M6 to talk about. Very cool looking M6. I'm a huge fan of looks. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Yeah, so the M6, I mean, a checkered history at uh, Bimmerfile. Not a big fan of the previous version. Uh, you know, the E24 is, of course, a classic car, but I think we all kind of like the E28 a little bit more. Um, but, man, this this the new M6 is gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. And you know what, Gabe? I'm probably in the minority, but I actually like the return of the M badge to the front. Oh, I love it. I like it. I mean, E30 had it, you know, and progressed up through the line, and then they dropped it, and they brought it back. I like it a lot. I I could not agree more. I absolutely love it. I mean, it is is a a real nice nod to the past. Um, The new new orange that that they're offering, finally, they get an orange. It's the first time we've seen an orange done right by BMW since the mid-'70s, I would say. Except in, unless you call account uh, Fire Orange, which of course was on the uh, M3, uh, the recent uh, GTS. Also a fantastic color. Yeah, it is. It truly is. But now, so we have we have the M6, and of course, you know, well, okay, so you get it, right? I mean, it's an M6, so it's going to have, uh, of course, the the twin turbo a V8. It's going to have, you know, roughly 560 horsepower, a lot of torque, yada, yada, yada. But... 
BMW has brought BMW M has brought out a couple interesting uh, options and 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 really sort of like points of design here that we haven't seen before. Number one, a very sculpted carbon fiber reinforced roof, which is pretty cool looking. Uh, before we always just got the sort of flat carbon fiber roofs that were you know nice, but this really gives the the car a different dimension. And then the other the other big technical uh, detail here is the addition of new carbon ceramic brakes. Yeah, yeah, the carbon ceramic brakes came to fruition. You know, we talked to uh, a board member last fall about the M3 and 6, uh, the M5 and the M6, rather, and the M3 in the future, getting them, um, and they've been developing them in-house and in co cooperation with Brembo and a third party. Um, that's kind of where this new carbon ceramic material comes from. If you look at these brakes, like the actual disc, they don't look like your Lamborghini carbon fiber discs. Um, you know, they don't have that black look to them they're they're, they're more um ceramic grayish looking um and suppose what i've gathered from people is that they're less prone to shattering you know during impact or going off track or mm -hmm. things like that they're more livable and they're a little bit more forgiving in real world applications than the previous um brakes were and they're also more cost effective to produce so interesting it's, so we it's have a no pretty it, yeah, it's a pretty significant um, development as far as material compo composites go. Um, I was also able to, you know, real, I, I inquired is why do you need the, the wheel upgrade package with these things? Because realistically, the calipers are identical. Um, right. But they had to mount the calipers a little differently because, in fact, the CF discs are a little bit bigger. You know, that slight, um, mm -hmm. I think it's like 13 millimeter increase actually warranted larger wheels. Interesting. You can believe yeah, yeah, that slight increase in the in the disc actually required them to go up a size in the wheels, um, but the calipers on the front and the calipers on the rear, aside from color, are identical to the base brakes. So, I mean, part of that is uh, it's got to be cooling, right? I mean, maybe just getting a little bit more clearance in there, perhaps. Um, I think it's the actual disc required the caliper to be moved out, and then when the caliper uh, moved out, it required you know just. Sense. And I had I think tend to think it actually has. To, more with like bouncing weights and things like that on the inside of the wheel because you know they don't like use the clamp-ons they, they do the glue-ons mm -hmm. um, and things like that and they're also using a very radical hub on these um discs so it's two-piece set it's a multi-piece yeah. set and that's pretty cool i mean it, it's it's a similar uh i mean it's a similar principle to the i mean obviously the the, the hubs that you see in race cars and a lot of other cars a lot of high performance cars that allow you to take off the um the the rotor while keeping the caliper I should say the the hub um, right there, but I mean it's 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 a pretty trick looking set of brakes, and uh, it's finished in gold. The caliper is finished in gold. That's kind of an interesting choice. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Um, BMW M is going to do blue, I guess, is what it is. So M Sport brakes and M brakes will be true M car brakes will be blue. Uh, carbon ceramic setup will be gold. And then through M Performance upgrade kits, they'll be either red. Um, there's a couple other colors that they're doing. I think red and yellow, and there's another color as well that they'll be doing. So each setup will be a different color for whatever purpose. It's branding and marketing. Hmm. But that's interesting. Well, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean it's a it's 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 cool. I get it. It's just the, the gold is a bit of a. Uh, surprise, um, and I'm of course. I mean, you think of different colors and how that could look. I mean, gold on a 
orange car, as you see here, is sort of an interesting <laughs> combination. Um, but, uh, of course, if you stick with the, the classic white, the alpine white or something like that, then not so bad. So yeah, they should have made them chrome. Yes, they should have been chrome. I absolutely agree. Well, I was just getting used to the blue. That's the thing. I mean, just now. And now, now they throw the gray. So let's talk about this engine. So they, they bumped up the, the, the power just a bit. But, I mean, this is, this is basically the same thing that's in the M5. It's identical to the M5. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, there you go. It is a fast, fast car. Uh, it's a big, of course, a big car. I mean, we've, we've driven the, the 6 Series Coupe. We've talked about it a lot on Bimmerfile and the Bimmercast. So, and we like the car quite a bit. I mean, it's not really something that we would typically like. But, it, you know, it, it does, it serves, it serves the, you know, the sort of the market position very, very well. And it's a great looking car. Yeah, it's completely different than the previous generation. Yeah. It's not a, a, a dentist chair, as we like to affectionately call it. Or not affectionately call it, I guess you would say, right? Yeah. But I, I'm in love with the uh, the coupe roof, the carbon fiber coupe roof. Um, and that's definitely going to be on the next M3. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk that. about that. I mean, so... And so the Grand we... Coupe is going to see it too, Gabe. Oh, really? So, so that means you cannot, oh, you cannot get a sunroof in any, any of those cars, people. You cannot do it. Which is awesome. So Thank let's... You. Let's talk really quickly about what the next M3 may pick up from this car, just as far as ideas and visuals. Oh, it's going to be similar. Um, design cues, I think you're also going to see. I think you're going to see the badging on the front as well, because um, mm -hmm. as we know, the sedan will keep the M3 moniker, where the coupe is possibly, uh, I have conflicting reports on this, so um, some sources say there's no way the M3 is ever going to be changed because of racing, and then you're starting all the racing heritage all over again, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, so, but some people say that the Coupe M version will be the M4 because the 3 Series is supposedly going the 3 Series Coupe is supposedly going to the 4 Series naming um, to be more in line with the other Coupes. But last time I checked, I think there's only one Coupe in the BMW world that's really uh, an even number. That's the six series. But. Yeah. Hey, what do I know? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I got to tell you, this is this is one of those things that somehow BMW either they're entirely confused themselves or they have managed to keep this pretty well secret. I mean, we we've heard a lot of conflicting things. We've seen sites out there that that are also saying conflicting things. Um, I personally think it's going to be the M3. I, I don't think they're going to change it to an M4. Um, just from a marketing standpoint, it would be a, a very odd move. But uh, you know what? They they may not even know until a year from now. Yeah, I think they're probably still doing their market research, honestly. You know, same people that thought the one series was front wheel drive are probably gonna be asked, should we name this an M four or not? And they're <laughs> gonna be like, What's the M four? So Yeah, yeah, what's the M four? Um so yeah, so that that that, that is <laughs> that is interesting. So yeah, let's let's talk about really quickly the, the more accessible end of the M range, the M performance line of automobiles. The M, gosh, I, I feel like the the, the, the letter M is getting too choking. much play. I know. Uh, the M550D is, of course, the uh, tri-turbo inline-six diesel that is um, is uh, all the all the rage over in the UK and, and European um, uh, publications right now. They seem to all love that car, and and why would they not? I mean, it's a it's a it's an incredibly interesting highly technical 
three turbo setup and it produces a, a ton of ton of torque about 380 horsepower um, but really solid fuel mileage as well yeah it's something we've heard about for a long time and you know it's kind of an interesting development gate because you and i were privy to the z4 is prior to the z4 is coming to market you know um mm-hmm. We were, we were big fans of that and couldn't understand the relaunch of the IS. And at that time, we kind of learned that M was sort of involved in the development of that car. And we also know that way back in the day, the first you know E30 IS version was IS stood for Italian Special. It was literally made for the Italian market. It was an M3 without the M3 motor. It was mm-hmm. a tuned-up motor, but not the M3 motor. And it was just it was made so that the Italians could have the car and not have to pay crazy taxes on those things. So M has always been involved with IS production, even though all of a sudden now there's a shift in marketing, I guess, or whoever, um, that IS had never had anything to do with M. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we also had the BMW Performance line, which apparently was the precursor to M Performance. You know, when BMW Performance Mm -hmm. launched, you and I and all of our readers questioned, what the hell is this name, BMW Performance? I mean, Mm -hmm. type it into Google, they're never going to get any play. Mm -hmm. So... You know, and they, so in, in the end, Gabe, what I personally think it is, is they just rebranded the IS cars because a lot of these BMW M performance cars are really something that would have been an IS, you know? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that's exactly, I think that's exactly what we're seeing here. And we're just seeing, uh, you know, the stuff that isn't going to be in the U.S. to start with. Right. And, and you know, BMW performance parts and what they were, you know, Brembo brakes and this and that and the other thing. These have been repackaged and now they're going to be M performance products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I, it's it's naming to me. I don't care how they do it. If it sells more product, it makes people more money, and we can get cars like the new M6. So be it. I mean, people that know cars and people that drive cars and people who read about cars are going to know the difference between an M6 and an M550 DXQRW. Well, and I think so. I mean, I think it's generally a good thing. I think um, it, it'll be interesting to see the M two thirty five come over, just because I, I, you know, that that to me is the sweet spot that M hasn't had products in for a long time. I mean, I mean, take the one M out of it, you can imagine a three hundred and twenty horsepower car with you know some light suspension modification just uh you know a, a good exhaust note more power a lot of the sort of the m trimmings if you will uh, you mean the previous 135 which was really well, a 135 is and they just never put the s pretty on pretty much i mean i think i think that one thing that always i i couldn't quite stomach thinking it thinking about it that way because the suspension on the 135 is it just never felt like it got the attention it needed from m it just wallowed when pushed so much that, that that's that's a you know, whereas an M5 doesn't feel as big as it is, or especially an M3, an E90 M3, as you know, doesn't feel as big as it actually is. The 135 right. feels bigger than it actually is, or heavier almost, when you really push it because of that suspension. So, you know, I, I hope that the next generation is a little bit more buttoned down. But that aside, you are correct. I mean, you know, that that's something that we do know, that the, that the 135i was basically meant to be an IS model. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, they do their things, they roll stuff out, and boom, there you got it. You know, it's a lot of stuff in the pipeline, you know, that's the problem. Yeah. There's so much stuff. 
No, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting to see this this new uh, you know this new uh, M line of performance cars out there and and competing it, with you know with hmm. with sort of M products on one side and BMW series products on the other. Well, and then you have not not to bash on Mini. You know, I have a Mini in the garage these days, but you know, I look at M performance as JCW. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and, and that's exactly and Mini what doesn't, and Mini doesn't have the answer to M. Yeah, Mini I mean, that's, and that's exactly what they don't want you to look at it as because, yeah, you're right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, JCW just doesn't, it, it, you know, there's nothing there that that feels bespoke and, and special like, uh, you know, like M, except for if you count like the GP. Um, but, right. But that uh, that will be changing. We know that that uh, I mean I've personally spoken to some the few folks that are in charge of that brand, and and I know that their intentions are to make it more like M in a lot of different ways. And I also know that there's you know there's a new product coming uh, maybe later this year that will kind of sort of show some of those intentions off. So you know I think uh, well, that's, as that's that's good to hear. And you know the other thing that these force cars are going to do is they're going to hurt Alpina, in my opinion. Well, and that's um, you know, a, we really don't see much in in the states, but in in Germany and Europe, I mean, Alpina's kind of looked at like a little bit softer performance version with more luxury than M. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a very good point. We haven't talked about that, but I mean, Alpina is is such an interesting have such an interesting value prop, and uh, I think it's going to get lost a little bit. Yeah, and they were working with diesel. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. You mm-hmm. couldn't really get an M diesel. And now, now you, now you can. That used to be kind of like Alpina's little niche. You know, they they had the D3s and and uh, all these other hopped up BMW diesels with more performance mm-hmm. than uh, than the gas cars. And um, I think that's gonna kind of get lost in the mix these days. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a really good point actually. Oh, Alpina, such a such a great brand, but just you know. Just not enough, not enough buyers. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, one thing I wanted to, to mention is the the Saab rumor. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be going away now that we know that Saab's remnants are now for sale, and BMW is apparently one of the bidders. Um, what the heck is going on here? Well, uh, it's a good fit, and I mean, originally it was a good fit. They passed, you know, I think they they put an offer many many a moon ago before the whole thing. The first time Saab was up for sale, mm-hmm. um, BMW was interested in it because they had the UKL platform and they ran to BMW front wheel drive originally. And then they said, "Well, we can't do Saab. We don't really want to. We don't really want to create a new brand. So let's go ahead and just you know do the front wheel drive as a BMW, and we'll come up with a different naming situation and all that." But then what happened was BMW signed an agreement with Saab to produce. Engines for Saab, um, X amount per year, guaranteed for whatever year, mm-hmm. and then also working on the platform. Um, there was platform sharing going on. You know, the mm-hmm. Mini Countryman, for example, that platform was going to be used by Saab and I believe Alfa Romeo. There was two two companies that were involved with buying that platform from from BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really um, interesting, actually. Well, at, so at the end of the day, Saab going belly up kind of hurts BMW because they were A, selling them motors and B, selling them platforms. 
So, um, it, you know, so depending on how those contracts were written and the legality of them, I mean, BMW actually has a foot in the door, I guess you could say, to getting the naming rights. Well, they also, and, I mean, they really also, what they want is the factory. They yeah, want the I was going to say they, they need more production. They sort of own a little bit of Saab. You could put it that way. I mean, because they had a signed agreement for Saab to, to actually, uh, you know, take on some of the financial responsibility of that platform. And with them going belly up, I mean, BMW, you could, you could say, is owed something. Yeah. yeah. So, and I mean, BMW could use another factory, as we know, Gabe. Um, mm-hmm, I mean, absolutely. for producing mini, for, for producing minis, <laughs> there's no more production left in Oxford. And I mean, you move the X1 over there and make it an X1 plant because they can't churn those things out fast enough. No, it's absolutely right. I mean, think about the next generation X1. Think about the whole next generation front wheel drive uh, BMWs. I mean, that whole, you know, that whole family, frankly, needs to be built somewhere. And I mean, obviously, there's there's some capacity they could find in, in you know, some of the German plants, but not much. And not enough to, I would expect, not enough to, to meet the demand that they're forecasting. No, and you know, and already, Leipzig is already being expanded for the BMW i brand, and then South Carolina is being expanded for the X4 again. You know, mm-hmm. again, they're adding another finger on there. I mean, that place is turning into like its own country down there in South Carolina. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, they they are. I mean, BMW is exporting more cars than any other manufacturer from the U.S., which is just absolutely astounding to me. It's it's, it's incredible. It's pretty fantastic, but yeah. Um, yeah so I mean. Uh, uh, Buying a modernized Saab factory with a workforce that's kind of government subsidized and, you know, there's some serious tax benefits to building in Sweden right now because the Swedish government doesn't want, like, all these workers out of business and they don't want China basically controlling the whole car industry of Sweden, you know? so. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a better proposition than reviving Triumph because, I mean, who has good memories of Triumph? No well, one. That's the thing that's always kind of got, like, yeah, who, who would even know it, what that brand is? It's a rear-wheel drive car, too, so no one. Yeah, it's a rear-wheel drive car. You're oh, totally I mean, right. That died, that died, it died a long time ago, what, no, 30 years ago, 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it doesn't, it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense, but, I mean, I, you know, whatever, I, I, I would I would love to just see what they would do with it, but I I don't understand the theory behind it. Maybe it's just a hey, you know what? If Saab doesn't happen, you know we need to bring another brand in below BMW and Mini and sell you know front wheel drive sedans to China, and Triumph is our answer. Yeah, it, it very well could be, but I almost feel like they're using it as a bargaining chip. I, I wonder that myself. Yeah, I wonder that myself. I mean. Obviously, cost them X amount of money to run a couple of trademarks. That was leaked. There's no, to me, yeah. there's no yeah. question that had to have been leaked. That, yeah, and that, it's, it's, you know it's the fact awesome. that they had you know they had a trademark and you know yada yada yada. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. No, but I will tell you, Gabe, my favorite new product, which I'm very excited about, is the M135i concept, which. So, as we know, is coming to come into production just like that with probably the power kit. So it'd be about three hundred and twenty horsepower, three door hatch. Yeah, awesome. I mean it's exciting. Rear wheel drive. You're not going to see a lot of those in the future. I bet. I bet it's going to be not not a lot of rear wheel drive hatchbacks from BMW, or well, I should say small ones at least. No, I think, but I'm I'm very excited about. It. I like the way it looks. I like everything about mm-hmm. it. Just minus those stupid stripes. Oh, they're Ooh, better than the previous. That. The better than the previous. Oh, they are. They, they, 
They are better than the previous. Which yeah, looked like some sort of superhero from the 70s. Um, <laughs> That's let's, true. Let's, let's wrap up the show uh, with, with uh, something that you wrote, Michael, and I, I actually love it, uh, of course, because one of my cars is in there, but um, it's the top five most valuable, or should, I should say collectible modern BMWs. Yeah, and you know if if you think about it, collectability and driving do not necessarily always go hand in hand. So these are not the best performing cars; they're not the best cars necessarily on the track. But these are the rarest of the rare, and cars that actually have um, a personality that people want. Or you know, they're going to increase in value in their their cars that are. Simply, uh, some of them are untouchable at this point. But yeah, I, I actually think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, just thinking about some of these cars, I mean, uh, you know, the, the there's a few that I think people were just going to like, well, like the Z8. But the Z8 is, I mean, look at the pricing on the Z8. It, it it went down for like it seemed like a couple of days before going right back up over its over its you know uh, original value or right around its original value. And then you've got you know sort of the slow burns like the E30 M3, which did go down and has now started to rise in a, in a pretty healthy way. Um, of course the, the Z3 M coupe and that, that, that's, that was my, I, I fought for that, Michael, because I thought that <laughs> that car with the S 54 is so rare and such a special car. And yeah, it's a handful on the track and yeah, it's, it's not the, you know, uh, it's not the, the I was going to say ugliest car in the world. Well, it, it's one of them. I love it. I love the look of it though, to be honest with you. I, I, I love it. I think it's vulgar. I just, I think it's awesome. Every time I see one, I'm stopping. I stop in my tracks. But um, I think that the car engineers be, got that car, not the designers. Yeah, and I think it's. I think it's going to be an absolute. Um, yeah, that that is going to be a classic. That is going to be an absolute classic. Well, you know who designed that was Marcus Searing, who uh, is the lead exterior Mini. designer of many, and he also did the styling. Basically, is he would he described it to me the bumpers on the M3, the E46 M3. So, you know, he was the M, uh, lead M exterior designer at the time, and, and he fought for that. And I'll never forget, I was at dinner with him about a year ago when the Ferrari FF was first introduced that day. And, and one of the first things I said to him was, Marcus, Ferrari just proved you were right with the Z3 coupe. And, <laughs> and he laughed, and, and, he, and he said, well, you know, he said, it's true. They, it, it shows that we were onto something. And... Um, you know, it's it's an odd shape, but I think I think we're gonna look back on it, and, and you can't help but love the thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely an acquired taste, and it doesn't uh, doesn't strike me as the sexiest car in the world, but it is definitely raw. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm gonna and I'm gonna just gloss over the one one M. We've talked about it so much, and you know, I think the prices are all over the. I think they're up to high sixties right now on eBay, and I know they'll go back down below the MSRP at some point before maybe going back up. But, um, but obviously that, that falls within this top five, but the number one that you chose is pretty cool. It's, it's the, it's the E36 M3 Canadian spec, which is essentially the, the Euro spec. And it was sold in, yes. in the U S through a loophole. And there was 45 of them imported. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. And you know, the, the, the coolest thing about that car is that they could be spec'd anyway. Anyone wanted them with any paint from any, market that is so, so i mean so there's 45 cool. of them 45 of them but they're all completely different i mean that is uh, that is just so cool i, I love yeah. it and that's a it's 
you know, it's a hard car to find. And um, when they when they go up, they go up for sale. They're fairly fairly expensive, and it's uh, it, it's a pretty fantastic product. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to ever see, you know, aside from these. 25, 40 edition M3s in the U.S., but you know those cars are all spec basically identically. Mm-hmm. So right. you have 45 cars. You know they're all the same. They're expensive. They're rare. Great, but they're all exactly the same. These cars were all pretty much different. I think there were two of them that had similar specs, but for the most part, they were they were completely different and um, and a different motor. That's the big thing. Like they, they were Euro spec. So in the the U.S. market and the Canadian market, never saw the Euro motor come this way. Well, so, and that's the key. I mean, the, yeah, the, the Euro motor in an E36 is sort of this like, uh, you know, mythical thing that that uh, we never got. 286 horsepower, right? Is that the? Was that yeah, the, yeah. It's yeah. mean, a lot of horsepower for the for the weight. I mean, the weight was you know not a ton by these standards, but I mean a lot more than the 240 that was in the in the car in the u.s right. and of course it was a high revving engine i mean a very different engine you know this is the, the of course the precursor to the 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 you know the vaunted uh, s54 yep so yeah really you know cool. and the other thing that was really um interesting for me was you know doing the research into these things um how the 1m was actually the highest production mm-hmm. out of you know out of the cars that were you know that i after putting a bunch and crossing them off. And yeah, I mean, the 1M is going to end up with... Well, I mean, the E30 M3, I mean, in total, I mean, that was by far the most, I would imagine. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's... Yeah, but if you but, take you know, that the, out... The, yeah, if you right. take that out, there's tons of tons of them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like 5,000 5, of the of them. Um, yeah, and that little known on fact, there were 1987 M3s in the U.S., and uh, they sold them as 88s, but hmm. I don't know how they got away with that. That's <laughs> that's crazy, but uh, yeah, and then the um, the M Coupe, I, I was really surprised they actually sold 690 of those things. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, of, of, of that particular, yeah, of, of yeah. That, yeah, it's it's actually pretty shocking. The um, Of course, they did have, you know, there was a couple years of... of um, of the car with the previous engine as well. And didn't it come out in 01 with the S54? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was 01. Yeah. 01, 02. Yeah, that's, that's, that is, that is really, really cool. And how can you visually just uh, tell it? I mean, I believe it's the wheels and it's also the, um, yeah, I mean, this image is just a stock BMW image. It's really hard to, you know, find a picture of, of these things one. that are, isn't, yeah, an appropriate one. So, yeah, yeah the, the wheels are different. The the rear end is a little different, too, um, the bumpers. Okay, interesting. Um, but, well, that, uh, that I think, about wraps up Bemercast number 60. We will be uh, hopefully back in the, in the near future. We're going to, like we, we keep on saying, we're going to try to do these more often. And we're doing them a little more often, but we're still trying to find our, find our way. But um, as always, questions, comments, concerns, uh, suggestions, throw an email at us via the contact form at Bimmerfile. But until next time, this is Gabe. Cheers. Michael, pros. I I just realized I got it wrong. Yeah, no worries. Uh,